0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing, unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. You're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow we look no for the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now I saw a pretty little thing approaching me She said, i never seen a man Who looks so all alone or could you use a little company Can I got meals pay? to pay I got the mouths to feed There ain't nothing in this world for free What's up everybody, how you doing? This is Chris LaTorre You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue number 91 91, that's right Thank you and welcome And thanks for tuning in and hitting subscribe And all that good stuff you're listening to the podcast where me myself and I talk about all the comic books that I read on New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, January 25th. And this particular podcast is like this delicious brownie with like almonds and peanuts and M Ms in it. Yeah, it's nutty and good. <laughs> I'm your humble host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Where every single week I go through an amazing list of comic books that I recommend to you. That's right, every single week. I mean, maybe you're brand new to comics and you're not sure what to buy because it's expensive. Or maybe you have just been reading since the very dawn of existence and you just want to spend your money right and save some time. Well then, our Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely for you. So tell someone about it. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us, of course, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, at sunspots comics it's that easy that's right and even our little youtube page youtube.com slash tofilat Where i'll be putting more stuff on that very soon it's just a little it's brand new and there's not much stuff there also two little fast thank yous to one of course to nick papa george for doing our theme song which you just heard i hope you like that he's an amazing musician check him out at facebook.com slash nicholas dell music he is good and also thank you to my son justin jables for his uh, work on our sunspots comics blog which he does so fantastically and you can check that out at blog.sunspotscomics.com his latest and greatest is on his top five movies of 2016 you should check it out i saw two i've seen them all but there are two on there i didn't want to see and i actually gave them a chance because justin jables recommended it and i loved them me and my wife both, we love them, so check it out, again, check out Justin also on Instagram at justsunspots, and again, our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com, and another little quick uh, announcement reminder, so don't forget to check us out on Instagram, because I will be posting tonight, I'm going to be posting a free comic book digital code, so this is just sort of a random freebie giveaway that I'm going to be doing every so often when i get my paper comics i never use the digital codes and i thought to myself why not just give them away why not so every now and then on instagram i'll just post a little picture and the code and it's first come first serve so grab them fast and if you win one you get one please just let me know like say hello on instagram at sunspots comics And I'll be posting one today, so go get them. Get in there. (laughs) So let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue 91 with some stuff that's just been floating around in my nerd brain. That's right. The first thing is, is there's two conventions coming very soon, coming in February. The first one is the Retro Gaming Expo. That's February 4th and 5th in the Ontario, California Convention Center. And this looks like it's the first one, and it's going to be just... Packed with folks that are all about retro gaming. And I'm not that I don't live that far away from Ontario, so I'm gonna be checking it out and kind of covering it. And it's a it's a two-day event, just those two days. Looks like it runs from like ten to four. Uh, each day but they have like uh, a bunch of people in the podcast business a bunch of people that are just way into blogging about it Uh, the special guests include the um the nintendo folks they're going to be there in just all kinds of ways (laughs) rather than list them all um there's going to be a cosplay contest there's uh just a ton of stuff that's happening and there's going to be panels and with the panels on retro gaming, I mean, come on. So, if you're into retro gaming, check it out at SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com. It's something a little different and kind of cool. And if you're an oldie like me and you like retro gaming, then this is for you. So, check it out. And the second one is the Long Beach Comic Expo. This is in the Long Beach Convention Center, February 18th and 19th and one random thing that i'm super excited about is mark wade writer mark wade will be there he and another big draw that just i saw and i was like whoa is aquaman himself jason momoa will be attending so just two random things along with a monster load of of panels educational panels on how to create comics and just fan stuff out a ton of of celebrities and writers and artists their artist alley is heavily robust this year it is jam-packed I'll be there in a press capacity so I'll be floating around try to cover an interview and see as much of it as I possibly can but I'm super 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 duper excited about that so Long Beach Comic Expo February 18th and 19th so two comic book or two comic book and one comic book convention and one retro gaming expo convention that's coming up so very very cool you should check it out if you're in the area and the next thing on my nerd brain is samurai jack fifth the fifth season premieres on march 11th that's right on adult swim it's going to be 10 episodes i mean it ran from 20 2001 to 2004 so we've had to wait 13 years for the for the for the fifth season that's quite a long time but i was excited to hear that phil lamar returns as the voice of samurai jack i mean the creator uh genny tartakovsky he released just one image of samurai jack season five which shows him like way like kind of older not way older but but significantly older and kind of beaten down and weathered he's covered in long hair and like a seriously long beard and blood and it looks fantastic it looks amazing if that has anything to do with the tone of season five of samurai jack samurai jack i'm gonna be so stoked so i can't wait i'm excited about that tune in march 11th on adult swim that's samurai jack's the fifth season i hope there's more i mean it's uh it has so many it's like award-winning and so many accolades and it's it's just such a fantastic animated series about a samurai that walks the future trying to uh find this this demon called a uh, aku that's ruined the future and he wants to destroy aku to save the past and maybe get back there to his family and who knows but it's just that sort of wandering epic uh journey of a samurai and it's just so much fun and it's one that i rewatch constantly so check out samurai jack from genny tartakovsky it's good stuff and then check out his comic book cage which his he just wrapped up the fourth and final issue i just came out from marvel comics and that was i hope he does an animated series of that that's my request please do it genny it's good stuff also on my nerd lobes is image comics yes the third place independent publisher that has so many of my favorite comic book titles has a bunch of announcements they just came out with, so I grabbed just some of them. So in no, in no particular order, this is just some of the Image Comics announcements that have been coming out recently. The first one is that Jeff Lemire is doing a new title called Royal City. Jeff Lemire's been writing Moon Knight. He's writing Descender. He did one called Sweet Tooth a while back. That was fantastic. He's a big deal. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And he's doing a new title called Royal City, which I'm super excited. They just released some of the imagery of the interior art. And, of course, it's Jeff Lemire. It's strange looking. It's very much of the watercoloring style, very minimal coloring, just a lot of white on the page. And it's just it has a very independent, quirky, and interesting look to his, to this comic, uh, Royal City, which he always has anyway with everything that he does, what that he particularly draws. But I'm super, super, super excited to see Jeff Lemire's new title and image again, called Royal City. It says it's coming in March. And the next thing that just pops in here is the they're celebrating Image Day on Wednesday, February first. So that's this Wednesday because it's their 25th anniversary, and they're doing a couple of kind of cool things, they are going to be releasing a a bunch of titles, at least three so far that they've released, that are going to be 25 cents, I'm like, yes, and one of them is, is Walking Dead 163 is going to be 25 cents, that's fantastic, I mean, we're going to pay the three bucks anyway, but, they're giving it away for $0.25. Cents. Invincible is another one that they've uh, revealed. Is going to be the, I think it's issue number 133, yes. And Outcast issue number 25, is going to be $0.25. Cents. So you gotta go grab those three regardless. Just go get them, get five or ten copies, and then give them out to your friends, yes. And then they've done a tribute to the to Mark Silvestri and to the, the extreme title of titles of image to celebrate the 20th anniversary they're doing a ton of single covers that are in homage of the extreme image titles that were back in the early 90s so things like deadly class 26 is is commemorating mark silvestri's cyberforce uh jonathan hickman and nick dragota's east of west they'll be uh you'll get like a team Youngblood redo of that so it's just going to be a very homage to the 90s i mean even invincible is doing a young blood cover so it's all covers that are going to be commemorating all of that the extreme image titles that came out in the 90s so very very cool and then the three comics that are going to be 25 cents to just name a few things another random one in their news is that uh there's another title coming out here uh oh um it's it, this looks just absolutely nuts this is uh it's called plastic and it's a title that is from uh doug wagner and daniel hilliard and laura martin they all team up for this uh this very creepy and unsettling uh title uh, called plastic even robert kirkman is quoted as calling it the weirdest crap i've ever read and he doesn't say crap i love it I mean, wow, for Kirkman to say it's the weirdest crap he's ever read, it's got it's heavy. And the premise is nuts. So it's this guy and this and this woman, they're on vacation, it looks like they're kind of touring the back roads of America, and this Louisiana billionaire kidnaps his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is like a plastic sex doll. so where does it go from there i mean it's uh sounds like it's going to be just like this very strange and kind of unsettling serial killer story possibly something that we just we will absolutely have to read because it's just going to be messed up so i'm excited about that strange title so there you go there's a smattering of just some of the image announcements go to imagecomics.com i'm sure to see the full gambit of all of the announcements but 25th anniversary is coming up they're giving out some comics away for 25 cents They're and they're doing that that homage to the extreme titles of the 90s so a lot of stuff happening in image and 25 years i can't believe it's been that long i've been with them since the very beginning and i'm excited that they've made it 25 years and they i just can't wait to see what the next 25 years will bring it's going to be unique and it's going to be creator uh, owned type stuff and it's going to be stories that are uh, you don't have to worry about numbering and continuity it's they're just most of them are just standalone from beginning to end in their own mini series to ongoings like invincible that i love but just excited to see the second the second arc the second wave of the next 25 years of Image Comics so congratulations and if you don't read a ton of Image Comics you should go and get them it's unique it's twisted it's diverse it's strange it's interesting it's beautiful art it's top-notch people it's it's great stuff and they continue to surprise me and do brand new titles that are just enthralling and just so beautifully drawn so go check out Image Comics and the last thing that's up inside my nerd lobes is that I'm actually writing a comic book called zombie destroyers that's right i hope to put it out uh, early this year or maybe q2 this year i'm doing the writing and the coloring and the lettering and my good friend jordan hudson is doing his beautiful art please check out his instagram at jordan underscore hudson underscore art his art is beautiful thank you jordan for all your work there and check out our site zombie destroyers.com we've put four little sample pages there of zombie destroyers so you can see no no words but there's just some some pencils and some ink that is there on ZombieDestroyers.com. so check out our samples and just a quick highlight just uh, jordan is almost done with page 18 i've uh, finalized the writing on pages 19 and 20 and doing a little bit of tweaking there but finalizing is coming up and more exciting is that i've decided to do this little standalone kind of spooky bonus page that at the end of the comic, after sort of the credits, if you will, that's based on an actual true event that happened in my life when I was 8 years old in 1980. Yes. So it's uh, it's it's about these super curious, goofy 80s kids, me, myself in there, and my cousin Michelle and my sister Carrie. And we get mixed up in some spooky hijinks, and that's really all I can tell you. But I'm super excited. I was in a zone, and I wrote one complete page in just this little strange, actual, true, spooky story that happened to me when I was 8 years old in 1980. So I'm so excited to announce that that's going to be at the end of issue 1 of my comic book that I'm writing, Zombie Destroyer. So tune in more. Tune in soon for more news there about my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. And just a quick mention of a segment where I have four people lined up to do some interviews. It's called Spotlighting. It's just our segment where we shine some light and support and comic book love. On people that are struggling comic book creators, because we want to do our part to help people out there. It's tough to get your work out there. I know I'm an independent comic book creator myself. So if you are a, a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, or you just want to live your life in the world of comics, then reach out to me. I want to put your information out there and help the listeners get to you. So just send me your work on my direct email to chris at sunspotscomics.com or of course just message me on instagram twitter and facebook at sunspots comics i mean if you really want to have comic books be your life and work full-time and quit your day job and go into comics full-time then i want to do my part to help and get my listeners to find you and to find your work and to buy your work so i know that it's tough out there because uh it's a uh, there's a lot of people doing it not everybody gets their their work made so it's tough but next we have some comic book news that's right i just got two quick articles that uh, one of them is the first one is a comic book feel good factoid freebie that's right what is that well it's just a little story that makes me feel good that's related to comic books in some way and the first one comes from the washington post and this is titled a comic book nerd won a city council seat and was sworn in holding his captain america shield i love this story thank you mr Cleve r woodson jr for sharing this story but lan deep i'm sorry if i messed your name up d-i-e-p lan depp he was sworn in to a city council seat in san jose and he's such a huge nerd and such a lover of Marvel Comics and comic books and fan fun stuff that he was sworn in holding his replica Captain America shield. Yes. I mean, it says here that he owns a working Ghostbusters trap. Yes, working. So he's caught ghost with it, apparently. <laughs> and he keeps a piece of kryptonite under glass. You know, just in case. You never know when you have to use that against uh, Superman turned bad. You never know. <laughs> but... I think it's just very cool that he's just openly a lover of comic books and when he was sworn into this prestigious title of city council in san jose he he just brought it man he brought his son he brought his uh his his captain america replica shield with him there's a picture of him being sworn in and there's just, just a group of people that are all just kind of watching him there's one guy in the picture then who's who's really just filled with joy and smiling <laughs> and uh, i hope he's laughing with him and not at him <laughs> but he's definitely having a good chuckle at mr landeep that is being sworn in he's got his hand up he's got his his right hand up and his left hand on his shield as where it should be so very very cool hats off to you landeep and thank you washington post for for sharing this sh- story it definitely definitely warmed my nerd heart and made me just feel feel good and feel proud that he's standing up there in an in official capacity pronouncing his nerdness that's right be proud way to go landeep and these second, that's right, I you hear that. The second article makes my spider sense tingle. That's right. And there were a ton. There was a ton of coverage on this particular subject, but I grabbed a few. The one I'm going to read is from LiveScience.com. But it's like this new wasp. Uh, this title is the Crypt Keeper wasp turns its hosts into a self-sacrificing zombie. So this new crypt keeper, which is called the Uterus, which is uh, that's actually set from the Egyptian god of evil and chaos, Uterus. Uh, They found this wasp, and what it does is it has this neurotoxin that it can inject into other wasps, and basically turns them into zombie hosts. (laughs) Like, they'll self-sacrifice and do what they need to do for the Crypt Keeper wasp to to win the fight, to get its food. I mean, wow. All they need to do is somehow extract the DNA from this, right? (laughs) You're seeing where I'm going with this. This is like super villainy uh, 101 here. And I mean, or even it just writes itself. I mean, even a villain called the Crypt Keeper. That's just it's perfect. I mean, the Crypt Keeper Wasp, even, or the Zombie Wasp. I mean, the names. It just this just writes itself, right? But very cool when science comes together and and kind of scares you into that. Someone could actually a smart scientist could. This right here is their gateway into villainy. Just find a bunch of these Crypt Keeper Wasps and extract its DNA, and you're good to go, right? You could create these these zombies. Around you that will do your bidding And so there's somehow with this neurotoxin that, that, that is injected to other wasps It's able to control The minds of these other wasps With that creating them to, to As these Zombie wasp hordes To do its evil bidding, I mean, that's cool. Science is awesome, right? But I thought, man, this just uh, makes my spider sense tingle. That's right. That's what the sound effect is. (laughs) So there you go. That's our comic book news. So let's get right into my favorite part of the Sunspots comic podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for new comic book day, Wednesday, January 25th. And of course, spoiler sort of alert don't really worry i leave the last couple of pages alone and don't spoil them for you i don't cover every single plot point of all the comic books i read i just give you some of the tasty nuggets there just trying to entice you just trying to inspire you trying to get you to get up and go to a comic book store and buy these comic books so but there you've just been warned spoiler kinda ish alert And also, if you just want to see everything that I'm reading, all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. It's all there. Just click on the pull list to see my recently updated 133 titles that I currently buy. Yes, that's a lot. I know. (laughs) But I only talk about the best here and only talk about the greats. I never discussed the goods. Also click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past top picks, all the great ones just laid out for you, all compacted, simplified, and nicely just for the eyeballs right there on sunspotscomics.com, so check it out. And this week, the artist cover winner and the cover art winner, one in the same it's beautiful it's fantastic it is harrow county the artist harrow county uh tyler crook it's just gorgeous i've said it a million times he's one favorite artist and favorite cover artists a bunch of times just go back and look at SunspotsComics.com and look at all the times you'll see harrow county it's there a ton because his art is delicious it's amazing <clears throat> this cover we'll start with that it's got a, uh, a hunter and a couple of hound dogs and a shotgun and the beast lurking behind them, Malachi, just with its four eyes and its crazy tusks and it's like this this bull and a buffalo and a and a black demon all mixed in together and it's just dark and creepy and he's like in the forest and this hunter has no idea that this giant beast is lurking behind him and it's just iconic and gorgeous and the smattering of the uh, of the watercolor painting style that That he does is just it's gorgeous tyler crook hands off uh, hats off some of his best art is in this and looking in the inside of this it just continues that gorgeousness i mean a lot of times you'll see artists that spend a lot more painstakingly love and attention to the cover and then you see them sort of taper off this just like kicks it into another gear in the interior all 27 pages are gorgeous page one is like this two page spread of all these hound dogs watching as Malachi is dispatching a victim, and there's body parts and blood and dripping from his teeth, and it's just gruesome and beautiful and horrific all at the same time. It even has this um, H.R. Geiger kind of look to Malachi, with all the sort of black tendrils. that remind you of, you know, the aliens and the alien queen in in J.R. Geiger's uh, designs. It's just beautiful. It's symmetrical. It's iconic, and you have the very dark. Uh, black contrasting with a lot of orange and yellow and it just pops and stands out but easily 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 winner of, of the art cover and the artist of the week that's that's tyler crook just he knocked my socks off left me speechless it's that gorgeous but check out harrow county it is beautiful and issue number 20 is Is just even more beautiful. I can't believe they're 20 issues in and it doesn't seem like they're taking their foot off the gas. I mean, they have just revved up and they're staying there. It's like it's nonstop, but beautiful, beautiful art. Hands down, easily art winner. As I read all the comics this week, It just, it easily, as I do my little battle of, okay, these are the top five as far as art goes, this is the top five as far as covers go, it was just hands down, it it, it didn't require much deliberation, it was easily the art winner of the week, that's Harrow County, issue number 20, just go get it. And the breakdown, just so you have it all there, (laughs) I have, uh, I, I read 23 comics this week, And nine of them made it to the great ones, recommendation list. That's less than 50%, so I was a little bummed at that, but the nine that made it were phenomenal. And I always try to give you uh, only the phenomenal ones, only the greats, I always give you that. They gotta be like a 4.25 out of five uh, possible for me to consider them great. And that's the ones I'm spending my time and recommending to you. And new number ones, I always like to highlight how many of them are brand new number ones. And uh, there was uh, four. And only one of them made it to the Great Ones list. And uh, the one that made it is super duper good. So I'll discuss that here in the countdown in a second. So here we go. Let's get into my top comic book recommendations. And this is the Great Ones list of comic books for New Comic Book Day, January 25th. I consider these comic books to be the great ones this week. Totally worthy of buying. So go out and get them. And only the great ones make it to the Sunspots Comics recommendation list. So here we go. Coming in at number nine is star wars from marvel comics issue number 27 and this is a yoda story that's right just about yoda this is also by the way written by jason aaron and art by mr laroca who is crushing it here uh salvador Larocca. and sometimes though i'll have to say he does mix in a little too much of the digital reference it's just so easily identifiable and cut right from various star wars movies but you sort of in a way i sort of gave him a pass because it it just it he captured it so well and it's just lovely to look at and the coloring gives it a a little bit of a unique feel but he does do that four or five times but that aside here this is obi-wan reading uh this is actually luke skywalker reading obi-wan's journals that he wrote when he was When he was stationed at Tatooine for all those years, just watching Luke. And I love that concept that Jason Aaron did. It's really given him uh, just a, a, a ticket to just write some unique storytelling that's all canon. It's all part of the actual Star Wars universe, which is great. But this is from the Journal of Obi Wan, reading a story that Yoda shared with him. And it is lovely. So Yoda feels this disturbance in the Force. And he goes to this strange planet that's occupied by these Lord of the Flies children, that are all wielding these, these staffs and sticks with this blue stone on the end of it, on on the tips of everything, on their on their, their staffs and arrows, and it has this this really glowing bright, like stone. And you honestly, I thought maybe they were Kyber crystals. I was waiting for them to kind of reveal that, but they're not. But Yoda, it has a it's strange reaction to the Force. And I hope we see more of this. I mean, I know it's canon. We've sort of never seen that before as far as I remember. And sort of any other Star Wars inclination, any story, animated series, movie of this strange blue stone on this planet. And they're even digesting it, which is strange. And it has unique sort of like force-like effects on some people that digest it. Or it kills them. and makes them sick. But they have... These Lord of the Flies children there believe that Yoda is a threat at first and attack him. And that is a great little sequence. That's the opening sequence of them attacking Yoda. And he's having difficulty because of these strange stones actually sort of protecting himself. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Like, hats off, Mr. Jason Aaron, adding this strange element into the Star Wars universe. And I, I do hope we see more of it. It has a, It's sort of reminiscent to me of the Timothy Zahn where they have the, the those actual worms uh that can repel the force it's just something it's just a, a little unique sort of item or stone or element or in, in the case of timothy zahn's uh you know the worm creature the calamari i think or something like that uh, i forgot the name of it. it's not calamari it's a delicious food i love to eat but anyway um <laughs> uh this stone is is tripping the force out and yoda's having difficulty with it but he wants to know the source of it he wants to he finally you know earns the trust of the children which i won't explain how that happens but they sort of tell them their story and they tell them of this of this strange beautiful rock mountain made of that strange stone and he sort of they sort of take him on a journey to the caves in their land to sort of show them the origin of the stone and why it's so important to them and they even have this sort of war that's going on between the two tribes and they have a captor from this other tribe and he, and Yoda's trying to make peace between them he decides And so he frees this captive and decides to take him back to his people as an act of of faith and of peace to try to get the two sides to get along. That's all I'm going to tell you. But it's a great little single-shotted Yoda story. And there's going to be more of it. I mean, it actually even stands alone. Kind of comes to an end. And I kind of like that. But they're definitely going to continue this. I, I read up on it. There's going to be more of this Yoda story. They haven't said exactly how many issues right now. But it looks like it's possibly going to be two. Maybe three. But i'm enjoying this it's great i i just absolutely love the the kid aspect and like i said the the strange stone aspect and yoda just being there solo and that he's not just this all-powerful he's kind of taken down a notch and he has to kind of talk his way into bringing these two tribes uh, to stop uh, this war that they've go- had going on for many many years so very very cool i'm in star wars has been continually super good and jason aaron's killing it so go back and get all the star wars trust me they're just fun they're a good time and they they give you that that star wars feeling like that rogue one gave us and i love that so coming in at number eight is from image comics it's reborn issue number four and this is from mark millar and art by greg capullo some of greg's best stuff by the way if you're a fan of greg capullo you've you've loved him and all of his batman work and beyond and spawn for example this is some top-notch work by greg capullo and he really is telling he's really just been given some creative muscle here and just kind of doing his greg capullo thing and you can you get that sense of it he has a great job with the close-ups and the facial features but this is crazy like out there fantasy realm stuff where when you die you go to this other realm where the rules are still sort of being laid down i love that like if you're horrible on the planet Earth, then you're this powerful sort of evil sorcerer in, in this realm, the afterworld. And our main character is this woman that's been reborn and she's the she's the chosen one. That's right. She's the she's the one the, the one in the matrix that is going to is going to create this whole other world or save the day. She doesn't even know what the prophecy is, but she's just thrown into after she dies, she's this older woman, that she is the chosen one. And here she decides to go after her late husband that was good to her all those years on earth and so this is the little side story where she found her dad and her dad is this sort of the sergeant at arms in the afterlife and she takes her dad and her on this this epic road journey who doesn't love those right where they're trying to find her her late husband and they run into some serious trouble where i'd say one of the highlights is this general frost this this cat like anthropomorphic character that is hell-bent on killing our our main character the the woman which i've already forgot her name because uh she had the cat neutered on earth yes and so that cat now wants its revenge and is kind of this frost cat sorcerer so there's a a section on that and there's this group that is hell-bent on destroying them and bringing them to their primary master who is this demon That looks like some serious bad news. But this is a bump in the road. They run into someone else from her past. And I love how that mingles into the story of how these people don't like her in the afterlife. And how, I don't want to spoil it. So things that (laughs) she's done in her life that you really wouldn't even think are that horrible. These people are coming back to destroy her in the afterlife. So I love the strange, weird afterlife fantasy world that their Lord of the Rings kind of realm that they're living in and all these strange rules but it it's we're only on issue number four and they haven't quite laid out like necessarily where this is going we know it's uh she's part of the good uh you know group and there is this demon that's that ultimately wants to end the prophecy and and stop her from doing what she was prophesized to do which she doesn't even know yet but she definitely has that thrown upon her and that weighs upon her, that responsibility. And I like that aspect, that it has that feeling of reality. And this, absolutely nothing to do with reality story. But Reborn, number four. Check out Reborn. I wish it was delivered on time. I sort of forget where we left off a little bit. But it is good stuff from Image Comics. Reborn, issue number four. Get it. And coming in at number seven is the only new number one in the countdown here. And that is from Image Comics, Loose Ends and Loose Ends is written by Jason Latour, who is the artist of Southern Bastards, and it's definitely in the art style or vein of Southern Bastards, but definitely does its own thing here, for sure, stands alone, Uh, this is the art by Chris Brunner, but he definitely has that Jason Latour-like art sensibility, so it's cool to see an artist be the writer here, and I know Jason Latour has written stuff in the past, but right now for me, he's really known for his amazing work on Southern Bastards, but this is a strange little weird tale about this this somewhere in the midwest honky tonk town and they're at this there's it's really kind of set around this bar where a man is waiting by the phone getting waiting to get some information potentially about like a drug deal if you will and he's kind of a scumbag he's kind of a deadbeat dad he references that he's not paying his child support he's drinking and smoking up a storm waiting by this phone booth which is strange I wonder if the, if the South still has working phone booths. I don't spend a lot of time out there, but it probably does. But I'm sorry, South. I I, I just don't know that. But <laughs> I know Jason Latour is from the South, so it, it I'd imagine it's it's very much stemmed in realism of the, the South that's in Jason Latour's mind. But then the uh, the waitress comes out to sort of see what's going on and just kind of touch base with them, and he kind of gives overpays for a bucket of beer, and it's just setting this very strange Southern fried world here. And that the character is involved in some drug dealings, and he's involved with this character that's just a ton of trouble. And they have a little flashback into his friend, and yeah, it's definitely sort of drug related. I don't want to give up every little aspect. But the unique, sort of rich, sort of very realistic feeling of the South here is what's going down, and I think Jason Latour is one of those. Uh, Him and Jason Aaron have really just captured that. They they know it. They live it. They 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 feel it. They smell it. They taste it. It's kind of all here. You you get that that real immersion. That sense of uh, of the South and how the people are and the feeling. I'm sure it's a hyper extended, over you know exaggerated sort of feel because that's what's making this interesting and maybe over the top. But there's definitely a feeling of realism, grounded in they know this area and it just feels that very realistic but ultimately some craziness happens in this bar there's some some jerks there's a knucklehead uh, kind of a, a you know muscle-bound knucklehead at the bar and he's harassing the women there some madness goes down some guns are fired that's really all i want to tell you and just madness sort of ensues because i don't want to tell you every aspect there's only two or three things that really sort of happen here but you're laying out some great he's laying out uh, jason latour some great found foundation work here of an interesting set of cast and an interesting sort of very realistic feeling world and where is this going to go? The colors are vibrant, the art style is very moody and scratchy and, and dark, and a lot of great close-ups on the eyes to really give you that emotion. But uh, the exchange here, too, of our main, sort of main character, uh, dealing with his uh, ex and him being a deadbeat dad, is uh, it's just, um, it feels, you know, yucky and gross and real, and I, I like that. It just all feels like this real-life sort of experience, but hyper hyper realized in comic book form is done just beautifully so i added it to the pull list i'm going to definitely check out more of loose ends by jason latour and like I said chris chris's art on this top-notch crisp runner i'm um, to the point where i'm going to check out some of his work elsewhere it's that good but if you want sort of a something in the vein of of southern bastards and that southern fried uh, craziness and uh and and death and murder and mayhem etc check out loose ends it's definitely for you so coming in at number six uh from uh, vertigo comics is frostbite issue number five and this is written by joshua williamson who's doing the flash and this and a few other things and this is art beautiful beautiful painting style art from jason sean alexander gorgeous stuff i mean he's got a lot of splattery ink effects here and it's just like You can absolutely feel that like a master class painter is doing the art on this. So gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And talk about really capturing the feeling of just cold and it being freezing and how the snow can kill you. And it's like the ice and the snow is like this impending doom. It's a character in in this comic. And I love that. They definitely pay respects to the cold and everything just has this feeling like you're fully immersed in a blizzard all the time. And that's because it's set in this future where our world has turned into a blizzard and this strange sort of virus they call frostbite, uh, which is just more of like a very aggressive sort of strange sort of version of frost, actual frostbite. <clears throat> But that it even if you're in the cold, you can keep the sort of frostbite at bay. But if you warm yourself, then the frostbite virus like almost kills you immediately. So you can't be warm. It's like you have to live in a perpetual state of freezing. So we've got our main character is this woman, this sort of bounty hunter. She's killed this professor and the daughter of the professor is now with her and she's just and the daughter of the professor has the key to, curing this frostbite virus because she was a scientist with her her late father and her bounty hunter here killed now the cat's out of the bag the main character the bounty hunter has admitted to the professor's daughter that she killed her father but she has seen a lot of i love the exchange here where the the young woman is is not going to help our bounty hunter because she killed her father but she breaks down that her father was one of the creators of frostbite and it's basically wiped out her entire family so not that it it completely justified the murder of her dad but she kind of saw the character from another side and i love that that joshua williamson was able to write that aspect to where she kind of has to sort of understand in this world that they've created that yes her father was killed but yes he was kind of a monster that sort of Destroyed the planet for the most part, or helped destroy the planet, and they have this new character that they've introduced in the last issue. He uh, he just reminds me of this of of this this southern sort of gentleman. He reminds me of um, I don't know like a Woody Harrelson kind of character. I see him if they ever make a movie of this, but he's this uh, he's wearing a cowboy hat and he has a pet polar bear that does his bidding for him, and he is the one that has finally caught the group and. They want to have this cure for their own personal purposes. They have like a boss they keep referencing. And you kind of see who that is here, which I don't want to spoil. But <clears throat> Mr. Cowboy is using this polar bear for interrogation to get her to tell him what he wants to know. Which is, give us the virus here or my polar bear is going to eat you. And <laughs> I think it's just cool that he has a polar bear on a, on a chain. And it's his pet. And they love each other. And he's just got this great this great dialogue. like He's just cut out of time from the south he's like a cowboy just in this random futuristic snowblown you know uh post apocalyptic frozen nightmare (laughs) but the professor's daughter is sneaky she manages to do a little something here to kind of change the tide to make them not so vulnerable they have been separated our main character bounty hunter woman and and the and there are our professor's daughter they've been separated but she does something to turn the tide here to kind of make you feel like they have a fighting chance and it's kind of neat the way uh, that it's sort of scientifically done here and she kind of breaks it down but i i really enjoyed that it was uh, it kind of surprised me i they've taken the the she was kind of maybe in the first arc the professor's daughter very kind of damsel and distressy and she's definitely not like that now she's She's become a different person in this, in this, from this world she's been living in lately. And the road she's had to travel on this adventure, trying to escape everyone that wants to capture her or kill her. <clears throat> so, I like that her character has, uh, has grown, has sort of changed, is a little bit different. And we see a little different side of her. Whereas our bounty hunter has been very sort of, you know, all business. And one thing that she has is her mission. But now she's decided that she wants to bring the professor's daughter... To the right kind of scientist so they can cure her because she has frostbite. So, great action adventure. It moves really well. It's got fantastic pace. Beautiful art to look at, like I said. You're really immersed in this snowstorm. And, I mean, the guys, the, the cowboy's guy has a polar bear as a, as a pet. It's just good time, action-packed fun. And that is frostbite. So, check it out. I've been enjoying it from the very beginning. And I can't wait to see what happens towards the end. I think they are actually ending it at, like, issue 9 is what I've kind of heard. Don't quote me on that. But uh, <laughs> I think that's what Vertigo is doing with this. But I, I can't wait to see what Jason Sean Alexander does next. I'm just a lifelong fan. I met him at a con. He did a wonderful sketch art piece for me that I will cherish always. Top notch, friendly guy, fantastic painter. And uh, I'm going to be a fan forever, no matter what he does. But that was just, it was beautiful. Frostbite, issue number five. And number five is for Marvel Comics Daredevil, issue number 16. This has been just consistently solid. Uh, this is written by Charles Soule, and this is art by, who's just came on last, uh, last issue, is Goran Suzuka, and color artist Matt Miller, my favorite color artist right now, just from the way that they make Daredevil look. It's just kind of this silhouetted black outfit, mostly, with some white kind of shining on it, very kind of ode to Frank Miller, if you will, and love the bandages around the arms and the legs, and in there in red. But this is breaking down like a week in Hell's Kitchen, and we have been introduced to his arch nemesis, that's right, Bullseye. Now, I had to kind of throw my continuity hat down on the floor, because if I remember correctly last time, I'm pretty sure I read an arc not too long ago of where Bullseye was dead, or he was like, every bone in his body was broken and he was like in sort of a, in like a mummy carcophagus? and it wasn't able to move, but here he looks great, (laughs) but I just was like, eh, who cares, just try to forget about that, because Bullseye isn't in it, uh, uh, that much here, so you'll see what I mean when you read it, but we also get to see what's happening to his trusty sidekick, Blindspot, who has lost his sight, and in the fight with Muse, which that arc was fantastic, memorable, I'll never forget it, you should just get daredevil this is issue 16 just get all all of them from number one and you'll see the character muse which has been amazing this is still dealing with the aftermath of of that villain which was great i can't wait to see muse again you know he's gonna escape from prison and do some damage but this is kind of cool we're introduced to a new priest uh, father jordan and i like father jordan here they have some great dialogue matt goes to speak to him to have sort of his do what with a new priest and why he's picked a random new priest i don't know but uh, i like this guy father jordan and as they're walking down the street there's some some gangsters in the neighborhood that 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 try to rob them and man this uh father jordan can defend himself he can kick some butt and he does it in a way that uh isn't overly you know he doesn't lose his control he's he's just a very controlled fighter very jujitsu style of just using body weight and and keeping these kids off of him and in telling them, you know, hey, you have to. Uh, I'll see you on church on Sunday. <laughs> but he, he does a little preaching as he's he's you know defending himself and fighting these guys that end up taking a knife out of him. And but he he defends himself, and Matt's there to just basically observe. And I like that. Uh, it's maybe starting a new friendship, something new, something fresh. That's kind of one of the reasons that Daredevil is that good. They're kind of continually making it fresh and interesting and bringing sort of new characters in, like Blind Spot and the character Muse and the past issues. So here we go, Father Jordan, and he is part of this sort of—I don't know—this grouping of, uh, of Catholic uh, priests that uh, are tattooed and uh, you know are like the fathers of salvation. And then he's kind of this fighter, like a Hell's, like a Hell's Angel kind of guy and i just like him i think he's an interesting new fresh character and i want to see more of him they uh reference him uh as maybe he was part of this sort of knight group or something like they show this uh like maybe a very old like maybe he's uh he's thousands of years old or something so interesting character introduced i want to see more of him father jordan kind of cool and like i said he can he can handle himself and he looks like a black version of the kingpin <laughs> that's the one thing i was like well that's for he's wearing a he's wearing the he's a man of cloth but he kind of looks like that um anyway uh maybe that's just a little sensibility of that character but who cares father jordan interesting and i want to see more of him and where that goes but this has a uh, bullseye and daredevil fight scene that's just completely memorable some really unique paneling just all over the place, overlapping each other. I really like uh, what Zazuka has done here uh, with some of the some of his artistic freedom and how the fight scene goes with Bullseye. It is just a ton of panels all over the place, and I love that, and they're overlapping each other, and they crisscross, and they kind of get in the way of each other, and it's this two, two-page splash of this fight scene that's, that's very memorable. Uh, it's very iconic and lovely, and they've captured, he's really captured the way I think i think daredevil needs to look which is very in the shadow and he's not always in the just brightly lit and standing there where you can completely see him he's just it's just shadowed and part of him and he kind of keeps the shadows and i really like that and it's gorgeous to look at but that's all i really want to tell you because there's some stuff at the end that goes on but daredevil has been consistent it is solid the new artist is fantastic and you still have charles soul on it and he's doing a great job with daredevil keeping it fresh keeping it fun keeping it interesting can't wait to see you this is the brand new start of a brand new arc so good time to jump on it's daredevil 16 go get it and coming in at number four is from marvel comics it's infamous iron man issue number four and this is from the team of brian michael bendis and one of my favorite artists of all time alex malieve and this is kind of the ode to superior spider-man where (laughs) dr doom is has chosen to be Iron Man because Iron Man is uh his body is sort of dead and he's now turned into this artificial intelligence that sort of fuels the new Iron Man. I don't know. It's a it's kind of a mess there. <laughs> Whatever it is till they resurrect him in his body. Yes, Dr. Doom has decided to just Victor Von Doom is just going to be Iron Man. He's just chosen to be so. So he's trying to convince the world that he's good. Even though all of the murders, deaths, and kills that he's done in the past uh, are there to continually remind everyone. And S.H.I.E.L.D. and Ben Grimm, the thing who's after him. Now, This is a conversation at first, the opening sequence, where sh- um, you have uh, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time. Her name is, escapes me. She is uh, talking to her mom on a phone. And it's like this, <laughs> this very grounded and realistic kind of moment here where, yeah, she's the one of the leaders of the free world and she's the you know director of shield but uh she still has to be humble when her mom is on the phone (laughs) so i just like that i don't know it just grounded the whole thing set kind of a nice tone but she has no way of believing victor von doom is just going to be this happy-go-lucky friendly iron man and his powers are strange and mystical and he can teleport and he can just be places and then yes he's just sitting in the shield carrier and i like that they're on red alert immediately after he just appears in a shield carrier but he makes sort of sense and says well if i called you you'd have this national uh security alert thing it would waste millions of taxpayers dollars and you'd have to have multiple teams of people and and you know and and squad cars and tanks and he just kind of lays it out that you know you don't i just saved you like millions in security protocol funds and taxpayer dollars by just appearing in the shield carrier via you know boom tube teleporting and you're like yeah makes sense (laughs) it's true and she even does that she goes yeah yeah kind of right i guess true he just saved us millions of dollars and does that as kind of an act of faith showing that he's there uh, he comes in peace uh he she hopes but yeah they still got guns pointed at him it's a tense moment i love that and he she's talking to him and he's still like look i'm trying to be good and She's like, uh, yeah, but you weren't. And that doesn't just wipe out everything you did. So I love their conversation. I don't want to give up every single uh, talking point here, but it's really done well and realistically. Brian Michael Bendis, top-notch writing. The back and forth here is very real, very adult, very natural feeling and flowing. And and it's it's just written to where how would it... It, it makes sense to where like if a, a, a supervillain just wants to be good uh you just can't take his word for it and he you're just gonna have to detain him you have no choice you have to arrest him and he doesn't want to be arrested and he's not going to be because he's doctor he's omega powered and he has an iron man suit and i love the visual look of it the green dots and that that traditional doom sort of positioning on his chest and the green hood with the large green collars just love it but he gets note that Ben Grimm is in Latveria, so he is like, okay, yeah, this conversation's over. Boom, he's out of the shield. It, it's a little more complicated than that is how he leaves. But he's like, I'm out. I gotta go to Latveria. Uh, my mother's there, and Ben Grimm is creating some havoc. So that's actually all I want to tell you, because there's some great sequences here. Um, well, I guess last thing I'll say is the person that's been left in command. There is a, a an awkward conversation between that person and Doctor Doom, and it's great. <laughs> it's absolutely great and he does not like the state of latveria and he does a there's quite a bit of no dialogue sequences here of him looking at latveria and and being like just disgusted with how it's been handled since he's been gone and he's going to be doing something about it but and and definitely that conversation with the new man in charge uh, as they first try to attack him is so awkward and interesting and well done but i'm in i gotta see where this goes i I don't think it's an ongoing. I think it's going to be ending probably at five or six and maybe uh, that'll be it. Maybe. Who knows? I just, I want to see where this is going and what it's good right now and I hope it stays good. Because uh, I'm not the biggest uh, Doctor Doom fan of, say, of just following him. But the way they've twisted it and made him trying to be good and also take over the Iron Man suit. I think it's going to have repercussions with Avengers. It's going to be more is going to go down. Is he eventually just going to say like, oh, I tried to be good, but oh, well. And, you know, throw it out the window and just be bad. Or is he going to stick to his new mission in life? I don't know. That's why. That's the hook. That's why it's good. And it's number four in the countdown. So check out Infamous Iron Man and his top-notch stuff. And now here we go. Top three comics. So these are the big three. That's right. Coming in at number three is Ether. Number three. This is from Dark Horse Comics. And this is from Matt Kent writing an art beautiful, spaced out, fantastic fantasy, mind-bending art from David Rubin. Uh, definitely if I picked the number two, he'd be the second place cover winner and uh, artist winner. Definitely. Solid. Uh, Harrow County nudged it out. It's just... Tyler Crook is is ridiculous, but I love anytime that they lay out maps in the interior of comics to kind of give you a lay of layout of the land here. And this is a giant sort of strange world of ether that our main character goes back and forth and in between. He's found a portal in the strangest of places, in like this weird alley. There's like this strange swimming pool that for some reason no one else has found it. But he's found it. They have these weird flashbacks of him and like his wife or girlfriend. Who in present day is nowhere to be found? What happened there? And I love those little flashbacks that kind of give you a glimpse into. Not everything went so good dealing with this ether portal, going to this strange land, strange fantasy world where, you know, all these strange creatures and aliens and and strange planets and gravity is is, is uh all over the place. Like, it is just, um, the fantasy world that they've. Laid out here is so gorgeous and pretty to look at But this starts off with an action sequence That's just fun I mean our main character is this Is this scientist I love that he has this optimistic spirit of him And in, in, of science and like adventure That he's kind of like He's Indiana Jones in a way Like he definitely feels that and he he's just so curious in the scientific nature, but they're fighting like a steam steampunk robot at the beginning of this, and it's just so much fun. I mean, he has some sort of magic imbued sword. Um, the professor is what I'll call him, and he has this. He's partnered with right now this sort of giant gorilla creature that is the gatekeeper of Ether. He's the one that is supposed to guard the door. Um, which he he's our professor's been going back and forth to Ether for years, but he has a strange way of literally kicking him into the ether (laughs) and so they have like a strange relationship where they sort of don't like each other and i I like that it's a it's a little i don't know sherlock holmes and watson they they kind of like each other but at times they really are at each other's throats yet they work really well as sort of a investigative team which i like that so i'm sure it's very much an homage to to sherlock and watson but the fight sequence goes on for like five or six pages, so I love it. And the uh, the steampunk robot escapes, and they're hot on his trail. That's ultimately what this issue is about. He shows him another giant laid-out Lord of the Rings kind of J.R.R. Tolkien laid-out map of the entire world of Ether, and it's just awesome. <laughs> it's just so many little weird lands like cloud Cuckooville, like uh the coliseum city the abandoned city of lost souls the enchanted farmland nobody land it's probably my favorite the sideways castle of agrippa and there's this map drawing of a castle on the side of a mountain um the river of blood the nameless river um so it's just a ton of weird stuff happening here and you want to see more of this land i do you just enjoy living in that space because it's so full of color and so weird like even the weird magic bullet that's fired at people is like alive and has this little personality and like eyes and ears and a mouth and like screams when he's flying through the sky this bullet and he is like a magic bullet that can actually turn and do weird things but that even that concept alone is a lot of fun and that's where you're living with the professor and giant gorilla as they travel through the ether ultimately trying to solve this murder mystery of like this this sergeant of the guard this uh, the g- this general that protects ether that was murdered and she has like flame appendages on her and she's been murdered when everyone kind of thought she could not be murdered that's what he's ultimately trying to solve and then at the same time you get those crazy little flashbacks that show the early days of the, him dealing with the ether and experimenting on it with this woman that seems like his love interest or his or i don't know maybe it's his sister i don't know but i love that they just give you enough to kind of keep you interested in wanting more of that but so well paced in such a fun weird world to live in and like i said it really captures the the spirit of comics with its rich colors and it, it just at its heart has this optimistic science and adventure spirit to it and i love that ether top-notch stuff i i, I know it's going to end i think it's four issues and that's it which I think it's next week, which is weird, right, just one week we get issue three, and next week we get issue four, but who, who cares, weird delivery time, but I don't care, I want more of it anyway, but coming in at number two is from Valiant Comics, I love this comic so much, Savage, issue number three from Valiant Comic, this is written by B. Clay Moore, and this is artists, a team of two, Clayton Henry and Louis LaRosa, and you wouldn't know that there's two different artists on this. They they really have, they complement each other, they're staying within a certain style and look. There is a time where they go from the past to the present, and the art style sort of changes, but it's not significant to where you say, oh, that's that artist, and this is this artist. No, they've just partnered so well, and that's got to be hard to do with artists. But dinosaurs are in this. It's very Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. The opening six or seven five or six pages is just our main character, Savage, which that's probably not his name. He's the son of a soccer, famous soccer player. That's crash landed on this weird lost and like land of the lost is the best way to describe it <laughs> with these crazy dinosaurs. And our young man, who is I want to see what we'll call Savage, is like fighting this like like a small t-rex so even the dinosaurs seem sort of strange and weird sizes and definitely different colors and sort of looks and feels and so yeah you don't know what this is definitely if has that land of the lost feel you're just waiting for some strange other beings to pop up but this flashes back to when he was younger and his mother was there and they were just crash landed on this on this strange land of the lost and there is other groups of people here so it's something strange It's like the bermuda triangle or something that's transporting like volkswagen buses and and random like a sort of hell's angels bikers there and it's just like it's tons of weird and strange things that have just been zapped to this strange land of the lost but man it's it's so much fun it's exciting uh yeah that when they flash forward it's only our character savage so what happens the mother and father you know you're gonna have to check it out but so i don't want to spoil it there but we're only three issues in and this is fantastic this is laying out kind of a negan like bad guy the best way he he doesn't have a baseball bat but he has like a like this strange like i don't know what this knife is but it's like a pickaxe like a one-sided pickaxe it's just devious looking <laughs> and he, uh, he just kind of has a negan like look to him and he's strange and weird and he's kind of a collector and <clears throat> when our character savage sees him when savage is hidden in a tree he sees this little soccer medallion that's around his his neck that belongs to his family so uh, then you see the look of anger on his face so yeah it's going to be a showdown with savage and weird ne- negan looking guy with a pickaxe on his over his shoulder but that's all I want to tell you, because it's so good, but like I said, it's it's weird Land of the Lost stuff. It's our, our main character, Savage Young Man, who looks like kind of Turok, uh, Dinosaur Hunter look, that is fighting dinosaurs on this stranded island, and yet it's this weird Bermuda Triangle kind of place where there are some things there of sort of modern time and then it's like director's cut edition by the way which i love that little extra bit of attention in the back showing the process the layouts the inks the colors and like a commentary of their process which i love that it's by kyle andrew kewesics he's like an editor i think he's a valiant editor or something but he does the sort of Extra features, director's cut at the end, showing the process, the, the beginning, the middle, the ending, uh, of the finishing of this gorgeous comic. The arts are just beautiful and vibrant and realistic, very gritty. Uh, there is that time where the flashback has a little cartoony edge to it, so you know you're in a flashback. I like that. And then the sort of current day is a lot more rough and realistic and gruesome and a little bloodier and gorier. But... Our main character hardly says anything at all. So he's like a a hell-bent Tarzan that's going after this Negan and this group of people. And what happened to his parents? You'll have to tune in to find out. But Savage, Valiant Comics, my favorite Valiant title right now is Savage. Go get it, it's so good. But all that out of the way, I think uh, you know where I've whittled it down to, the number one, and that is Harrow County. And that's right, it's the triple threat. It's all three, it's the cover art winner it's the art winner of the week so it is and it's the number one pick of the week so it is all three it's top notch it is the el presidente of comics this week and this is written by this is written by um colin bunn and art by tyler crook his art is gorgeous top notch a plus i can't say enough about his beautiful watercoloring style of art here and this is like this one's a game changer for them like i can't believe they're in issue number 20 and they've they've had three or f- three arcs in, in those 20 issues, and this is a great jumping on. I think 19 was the start of this actual arc, but you could even jump in here. But I love the very. It seems like they're. They've fine tuned things now. Uh, they've had some artists that were guests, but they've they're just doing such a great job of making some very clear and concise art in their storytelling. It's just it's pure genius. I mean, it's very cinematic in its feel. Like I said, there is a watercolor feel to it. There's this uh, young girl, Kimmy, that was uh, born from the blood of a witch that was hung on this tree in Harrow County. And she is imbued with these sort of powers, and she's just sort of understanding those powers. And she is still full, to, filled with optimism and hope and doesn't want to be this this device of evil but she wants to be a a being of good and of light and of hope and uh and and though this this county boy you would just hate to come across this county because everywhere you look there are strange demons and monsters and and a young boy with his uh with no skin that's running around that can't speak doing strange spells i mean it's filled with such a mess of mix of of mutilation and monsters and spookiness it is my favorite horror comic of all time and i haven't liked very many <laughs> so that really says a lot but the opening sequence with all these sort of beagle hound dogs that are adorable and this evil crazy demon malachi that's black and like i said very ode to hr geiger with these orange with four orange eyes has uh, dispatched and dismembered this hunting group that are coming after him they've traveled from a different county to hunt this demon Malachi. And you're like, what? I mean, it has this reputation of, of people go out into the into the forest to fight Malachi and never come back. But these three brothers and their four hound dogs think for some reason they can, they can go out and hunt this thing and bring it all back. Yeah. Well, that doesn't end up really good for them. But these hound dog sequences of them coming and attacking Malachi. And you're like, no, not these adorable four or five hound dogs. Please don't eat them. And thankfully he doesn't (laughs) but what he does to him is definitely a little interesting little twist and uh so i don't want to tell you there but the opening sequence of that and uh is is gory and phenomenal and some great storytelling and so fast-paced and moves so well very little dialogue well you have their the three hunters have this sort of nephew that's with them sort of the innocent in this but yeah malachi doesn't care he stepped out there with his uncles to kill malachi and so He's been hurt in a pretty gruesome way. But that's when Kimmy finally steps on the scene and she's really trying to convince Malachi. And now, these sort of golem like goblin creatures that are all surrounding this young boy like they smell blood in the water, like your sharks are these weird forest goblins. They look kind of like a cross between, uh, like I said, golem and maybe a rabbit. <laughs> it's weird looking, big eyed goblin look at the goblin like things. But this young boy is just uh fighting for his life he's bleeding out he's calling for help and malachi has come to to call upon him and end him now and that's when kimmy comes to the scene so will she be able to save this boy does he deserve to be saved he's bleeding out there's not much time so filled with action and pace and it's like what are they going to do is is kimmy going to Speak to the goblins. There were times where they were on her side. They protected uh, when there was the big fight with her twin sister, which was great. When it basically had Harrow County's monsters divided between Kimmy and her sister that was more of the witch and the evil side. It's like they split. Like what little there was in that witch that was hung was Kimmy. And the majority of that evil essence went to the twin sister. But uh, I don't want to spoil that arc either. That was just fantastic. That might have been the second arc actually yes and so what happens there does is kimmy able to convince malachi to save his life Uh, i don't want to tell you but um, malachi is this ancient sort of like that demon that was actual sort of maybe had something to do with the very creation of humans and they're more on the on more of a deity, godlike Greek mythology type of character than sort of a demon. So it's a complex character there. But he's been Malachi for so long. Does he just want mankind to end? Is he sick of it all? He's definitely written with complexity, and I love that about Malachi's character. He's definitely one that I have uh, grown attached to. He's he's complicated. He kind of wants to kill all humans but sort of deservedly so sometimes he kind of just wants to be left alone but they come after him and there's Kimmy there who's kind of this x-factor for him and in the previous issue their relationship is laid out a little bit more as to why Kimmy and Malachi are tied together they have a bond but man it's that's all I want to tell you because it's so good it's so action-packed it's uh, It has an interesting little twist here and unique sort of ending. I can't wait to see where issue number 21 goes, but Harrow County does not disappoint. It's great storytelling. I look forward to it every single month. When I see it and it's on the pull list, I get giddy. And it's been delivered on time, like it's been 20 weeks in a row. I, I think there might have been a, one or two times tops where it went longer than four weeks, but it doesn't matter. This is a reread for me, and I don't reread very many things. And I want to. I, I kind of hope this ends, uh, and that they don't drag it along too long. where it isn't good. But if it keeps being like this, I want it to continue forever and never stop. So it's like I'm conflicted. But anyway, I think that really good stories have a have three acts: a beginning, middle, and an end, and actually just end, aren't just drawn on. But this is you just love living in this world that's why whatever happens here i'm it's a reread and again you get that director's cut at the end of each one of these they have a a single page that is uh, related to the story but in a side sort of story in a single page way i love that they do that after the credits and the credits the spooky stories that actual uh readers write in are great they're spooky they're horrifying i read harrow county in the dark most of the times just a single light on and i I just that's kind of my thing and i I play some tim burton soundtracks that's a recommendation for you right there just listen to anything from batman to edward scissorhands it doesn't matter and read harrow county and the relative dark with a single light and especially read the stories written in the spooky strange stories written in by readers um they're phenomenal (laughs) they're great um so there you go that's the number one pick of the week like i said triple threat the art winner the cover art winner and hands down the number one pick of the week you gotta go buy it go get it trust me you'll be super happy so there you go those are all of my comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day january 25th please go to a local comic book shop find these comics and buy them immediately you will not be disappointed buy all nine of them especially i mean star wars i know it's all full of stuff savage is ether infamous iron Man. i mean they're all so freaking great but uh, i love them all with the with all my heart and soul but anyway if you have any questions comments you'd like a personal comic book recommendation just email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com if i choose your email and i discuss it on a podcast i'll send you a free comic book prize right from me personally and thank you on a future podcast and please sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com contact and please tune in next week for issue number 92 of the podcast where i'm reading a decent sized poll of 15 comics next week for february 1st Oh, and there's five new number ones coming out next week, so could be 20 total altogether. And I hope that my local comic book shop has all the number ones for me, because you know how fun that is, right? Getting the number ones and it being really good, and then you read them for a while, and you're just in there from the very start, and you know every little nook and cranny. That's what I'm talking about. That's comic books. But man, it's going to be an amazing... uh, There's some awesome stuff next week, like to give you a little handful batman 16 seems like that comes out every two days uh the ending of electric sublime 404 i'm sad to see that go but i have been loving that invincible finally invincible normally is on time and monthly but it's coming back as they're ending it there's like 12 issues left or something and it's coming to an end but i'm so glad that invincible number 132 will be next week karnak the end of six of six uh another monsters unleashed i love that uh two weeks ago monsters unleashed number one so that's coming out number two moon knight has been one of my top picks of all time. Ever. Uh, some Moon Knights coming next week. Uh, Star Wars 28. I mean we just had Star Wars 27. But there it is. Boom. It's going to be more of that Yoda uh, story. So Star Wars next week. And uh, Superman. And The Walking Dead. 163. The 25 cent issue. Next week. So I'm going to get all those. Outcast. Uh, the Walking Dead. And uh, Invincible. All 25 cents next week. You got to get those. For the 25th anniversary of Image. But, uh, so there you go. Thank you again for listening. Really from the, from the deep recesses of my heart and brain thank you very much for listening and i hope you enjoyed the podcast i hope you go out and buy those comics and you enjoy them and love them as much as i do and if you want to just give a little bit back to me and to sunspots comics it really helps us just subscribe tell a friend go to itunes go and give us a a, like a positive review with five stars and i'll read it and i'll personally thank you here in a future podcast i have a few to read and so i will get to them thank you very much for the people that have done it so of course i'll see you next week thank you very much again and of course be water my friend be like water See you next week. Goodbye. Later. Woo! We wish we could. know there ain't no rest for the Until we close our eyes for good. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same for the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow. No for the friends the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now